the teamwork arts podcast ladies and gentlemen the idea here of course uh, is uh, to go behind the scenes and uh, try and figure out the thoughts behind the actions of the people who make the art or uh, who facilitate the art and today of course is the facilitation bit that we are talking about um, uh, uh, with the, the redoubtable redoubtable mr navdeep suri sir thank you very much for joining us lovely to meet um career diplomat and uh, uh, the man behind uh, the festivals of india in uh, more countries than <laughs> than we can count on the uh, on the fingers um, it's it's been a long and arduous journey i i believe long yes arduous no no <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of fun along the way uh, and uh, you know i have to say that uh, uh, part of the journey has been uh, learning uh, from people like team workouts about the arts and not just about indian art and culture in a general sense but how do you present the finest of indian art and culture when you are an indian diplomat overseas sure. and uh, you know uh, that particular part of I, my journey uh, really started uh, around 2001 uh, 2002 wow. i guess <laughs> right uh, i was posted at a high commission in london right and a mutual friend of ours uh, told me that um, and uh, Sanjay Roy is coming to uh, uh, to London because they've been hired by uh, the Ministry of Human Resources Development to present something uh, uh, over there and would I meet uh, him right and we connected and then before we knew it he'd invited us to uh, something that they were presenting at the Edinburgh Fringe of course um i think in august 2002 if i'm not mistaken and my wife and i went there and is like one of those eureka moments where you say oh my god this is how it's supposed to be presented because until then as diplomats working at various embassies we'd only been subjected to the sarkari way of doing yes, things absolutely right and absolutely. and suddenly when you saw the difference that the attention to detail to light to sound to costumes to presentation uh, could make um is really something uh, something special so when we then went to london uh, to, to south africa and i i had this feeling that uh, you know particularly engaging with the large indian diaspora in south africa but also with the mainstream south african communities that what they knew of indian art and culture was really dated and really cliched sure uh, and i had now been woken up to how sure. things are presented in edinburgh so i called up sanjoy and said look i'm consul general in johannesburg i'd like to create something which brings contemporary indian art into south africa sure and so he came uh, kicking and screaming um <laughs> and uh, i set up a bunch of meetings with him uh and one of those meetings was with the head of the tata group in south africa okay. uh, but also with rambaxi and mahendras and others and i think kind of on a trial and error basis we created a new model to present indian art and culture which is more of a ppp model a term which is very fashionable these days, these days. <laughs> but i can tell you 20 years back it wasn't that much and a lot of people frowned at what we were trying to do right but the idea was that could we get the private sector to support uh, our efforts as embassy or as consulate to promote indian arts and so that really was the genesis of the first collaborative thing that we did with sanjay uh, and teamwork arts uh, which was 
a festival called Shared Histories, yes. celebrating India and South Africa. And I have to say that uh, my successor and his successor, successor and so on, carried it forward and it, it, it you know, something that we created um, on an experimental basis really became a part of the cultural landscape for the next 11 or 12 years. Absolutely. I think it's also a matter of pushing, isn't it? I mean, uh, you push hard enough because, uh, as you said, uh, uh, for the doors to open, uh, the, the hinges get a little, <laughs> get a little worn and uh, uh, the whiff of intellectual arrogance also sort of uh, acts as door stopper sometimes, does it? Yeah, but you know, there is that and, 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 and you know, unfortunately in traditional diplomacy, if there's a hierarchy uh, that people have subscribed to, then in that hierarchy, what is political? is at the top of the pecking order, which means that you are focused on the bilateral relations between the two countries, your engagement with the government of that country, the foreign office, the presidency, the prime minister's office, etc, uh, etc. Et and the next in pecking order is probably economic. Sure. So it's the whole thing about promoting trade and investment and working with the corporates and, 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 and so on. And culture is typically relegated below. And I used to subscribe to that until I found that by using culture as a diplomatic tool, um, what it does is enables us to reach out to influences of that society, sure. uh, to people whose voices matter, um, and uh, you know, um, project Indian soft power yes. in a very subtle, unobtrusive kind of uh, way, sure. but in ways that build durable relationships between art and artists. In fact, that's what I was about to say that the whole soft power thing was actually uh, en vogue after all of this had happened, so to speak. And so this was, in a sense, a, the pioneering of the soft power state of India in that way. And uh, the beauty of it was that it wasn't really stepping on any toes. But it was certainly forging its own path, wasn't it? Because, as you said, it was contemporizing uh, uh, the heritage, but it was also placing it in a very, very now context, wasn't it? It is, uh, you know, uh, uh, but also, you know, to my mind, soft power projection, it's about ideas. So when we did this massive festival in Australia, you know, the Prime Minister had said, had committed that in, we must do a festival of India in, in Australia. And I was High Commissioner there and it kind of fell upon me to devise how we're going to do this. What we ended up doing was the largest ever Indian festival or any overseas festival pretty much in Australia. We did 72 events sure. over three months in six different cities. But amongst them was, for example, uh, uh, you know, a play of Shakespeare done in Hindi yes. in a very, very different style. Absolutely. And, and, and it kind of made people sit up that, oh, Indians can be so um, irreverent <laughs> uh, sure. about, about Shakespeare. or. You know, in Canberra, they have a, a Museum of Democracy, uh, which is the, their old parliament building. And we did an exhibition of political cartoons wow. uh, in, in that uh, Museum of Democracy. And we had a lot of prominent politicians come by to look at them and they'd leave with a little wry smile on their face. But the message subliminally was that India 
is a country where you can afford to crack a political joke. Sure. I hope we still can. <laughs> um, and where you have that that ability to laugh at yourselves. You know, and, and when you start that democracy conversation, it's, it's amazing how uh, other things emerge out of it. So sure. to me, um, India's soft power, its presentation, its projection, the collaboration with Teamwork Arts, who uh, could do it so effectively uh, and successfully uh, with sure. us. Sure. I believe that it enhanced my effectiveness as a diplomat representing my country overseas. Wow, that's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we tend to under, which is a little sad because uh, for a country where, uh, where art and aesthetic was woven into the very fabric of life, you know, um, uh, for it to have to become uh, something that needed to be um, underlined, to be pushed, etc., was um, uh, was a little disconcerting. And of course, there's the attribution of intent as well, as you said. And uh, I'm sure for a diplomat, as I said earlier, uh, not treading on toes yet, walking your own path must have been quite a juggling act, no? Um, there was no uh, dearth of uh, people who were trying to look for hidden motivations yes. and agendas yes. Uh, yes. And, and so on. Uh, I, I remember uh, somebody actually sending off a nasty anonymous letter saying my wife is actually owner of Teamwork Arts or part owner of Teamwork Arts or something like that. <laughs> so so, 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 so uh, I have a very personal agenda in, in, in this. Um, there was the usual um, inquiry by audit uh, uh, into uh, uh, you know all of this and and, and, and Thankfully, you know, even the auditors were objective and, 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 and they looked at all the books and realized that everything was in perfect order. I think you've got to take that element of risk when you venture into a new format. And, and, and that's the pity because the, um, there's no risk associated with bringing a Sarkari group and uh, putting out something mediocre. Yes. Um, nobody's ever going to question it. Absolutely. Uh, you may not make an impact, but then these are impacts that are not measurable, sure. right? Uh, but when you stick your neck out and create a different model, uh, there will be uh, people who feel either threatened or uh, envious or uh, whatever. Um, and, and so, um, um, you know, the, you take a risk, there's no reward for it. Uh, it, it it's one of those classic that the risk is all yours. <laughs> the benefit that accrues accrues to the country. You know, which is <laughs> the benefit is the country's. It's the country's. Uh, so I, I think when we did confluence the festival of India in Australia, brand India got burnished. Sure. You know uh, uh, the amount of coverage that we got, the fact that we had ABC. Uh, as our partner uh, and, 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 and so on. Just the media coverage was estimated at above $5 million, wow. uh, it, 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 which is less than what we paid for the festival uh, <laughs> it, 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 itself. Um, so yeah, I think there, there, there are different ways to do this. Uh, I'm, a, by my experience, a, a great advocate of uh, bringing in the private sector to do what it does best and to recognize that we in government have neither the bandwidth, nor the systems, nor the expertise uh, to, uh, to, to present India in its finest uh, way, the way we should be presenting it. There are experts, fortunately, 
get them in <laughs> of course there's also um, talking of experts there's uh, also the question that uh, 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 that i keep asking myself about the fact that there's also a little bit of internal resistance that comes in in the, in a sense that as far as art especially high art is concerned there's always uh, uh, as i said earlier this this little intellectual arrogance bit where commerce is looked down upon where the whole private sector comes in uh, and the coming in of the private sector is seen as a bit of a dilution or a bit of a desecration so to speak of the arts have you did you have that kind of a cultural backlash as well i mean i understand about the the diplomatic backlash or the governmental backlash but from the artists themselves did you ever face uh, any kind of resistance no i think the you know the artists are very happy to travel with somebody like tiwag arts because yeah. they know that their requirements as artists would be respected of it course. wouldn't be a government clerk who yeah. is uh, chaperoning you sure. uh, without any uh, knowledge or understanding of the needs of artists um, so uh, we found that you know even when we got the top label artists with teamwork arts um they prefer to come that way uh, provided the expenses can be uh, met and i think that's where the ppp model that we were trying to devise sure. were uh, was useful but I, i let me flip it around and say that it isn't just about high culture and i'll give you an example so when we were in uh, uh, egypt and egypt had just gone through a, re- a revolution and and yet we came up with this thing that why don't we try a cultural festival in egypt and we created a festival called india by the india nile, by the nile um uh, which is still going on and on yes. uh, it's been enormously successful and it's now the egyptians uh, want to do a festival called egypt by the ganges yes uh, yes uh, and, 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 and 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 so um, one of the things was the egyptians just love bollywood and it's two generations of egyptians you know if you meet people of my age group uh, or even older they would reminisce about doing an entire eid weekend uh, binging on amitabh bachchan movies <laughs> on old v- vcr sure, uh, sure. V- uh, video tapes and this was uh, the idea of a, a good eid weekend where sure. you binge on six or seven amitabh bachchan sure. today that's carried forward to shahrukh khan yes uh, and and the kind of fan following that he has uh, So Sanjay and uh, Tiwa Kaats had done this uh, musical called a Bollywood Love Story. Yes. And uh, it's not high art by any stretch of the imagination, sure. <laughs> but it's Bollywood and it's energetic and it's uh, it's happy. And and so we approached the Cairo Opera House as the finest uh, venue in town. Sure. Um and the 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 uh, director of the opera house who's now happens to be the minister for culture actually oh, wow. in okay. egypt uh, she's a very eminent flautist um and we went to her and uh, said um, ma'am can we uh, plan some shows here um and we had a friend in from the ministry of culture who was very supportive um the uh, director of the opera house said bollywood huh? in my opera house and then you know we had more conversations and she said well actually my opera house is not doing anything at all sure because of the uh, instability post the revolution for sure and so we uh, booked it for 5 days for five shows um and uh, we advertised um and the show was a great hit uh, sure. halfway through they said can we also do band matinees um <laughs> and, and we ended up doing additional shows but something that she struck me afterwards stayed in my mind 
she came to our embassy to thank me for bringing this. And she said, you know what you've done with this? For the first time, you brought young people into the opera house. Oh, it wow. always used to be people 50, 60 or above. And for me, it's such a pleasure to see young people. And Cairo Opera House is a jacket and tie dress code. Sure. So also for these youngsters who are in jeans and sneakers to wear a jacket and, and dress up for the occasion and, 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 and come. And she said, just for that, that we've been able to draw such a different audience into the Cairo Opera House, everything that you've done and please tell us when you're coming back. See, and that's the thing, no? I mean, high art and pop art can exist. Uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, need to be adversarial, so to speak, as long as uh, you're getting the message across, isn't it? And uh, the messages, of course, uh, in today's day and age are, uh, are getting fraught, aren't they? Um, the messages are being attributed intent which they might not necessarily intend to uh, 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 to sort of uh, you know uh, go ahead with. Uh, you think it is getting difficult for art to express itself in today's day and age with the kind of uh, uh, fraught times that we live in? You know, I worry that um, apart from what's happening in India itself, and if we lose that ability to laugh or if we have to think twice that is my joke politically acceptable to the yes. uh, audience or is somebody going to take me up because I've offended A, B or C cause, um, then we are really scaling on thin ice. Yes. But beyond that, I also worry that if this kind of uh, thinking gets traction, then people, um, including our diplomats abroad, will start exercising a degree of self-censorship. Yes. Which is for me to think two steps ahead and say, hey, maybe this is going to get me into some trouble. Well, if I'm Sudhir Talem's cartoons ki exhibition, kar raha exactly. hon, toh first I must make sure that there's nothing that is likely to cause offense to constituency A, B or C. Absolutely. And if you do that, you've killed it. You know, uh, we were talking to Kwasar Thakur Padamsi uh, a, a while back. He said something very, very interesting. He said, as an artist, I'm afraid. He said, as an artist, I fear that uh, as much as external uh, interference goes, uh, there is also the fear from self-censorship because I am afraid that today if I express myself and, uh, and I am indicted for it, you know, uh, which, is, which is in a sense hindering the creativity uh, within me and, and that is as much a danger as well. So um, for you, of course, as a diplomat too, you anyway have to have to um, walk the tightrope, you know, uh, to tread that thin line. But it seems the lines are getting ever thinner by the day. Do you think what you were able to do when you started in uh, uh, in the early 2000s, you'd be able to do now? I hope so, uh, but it would have to be a very personal decision for every ambassador. Um, how far does he or she want to go uh, in terms of uh, uh, promoting this uh, with the attendant uh, consequences and I think uh, that fear of the costs um, yeah. uh, may inhibit people from uh, from doing what needs to be so uh, let me just add done. Uh, let me give you an example uh, you know take the JLF at the British Library right right um, now if the High Commissioner starts thinking is this something that I should be associated with or not because 
author A, B, or C may come and say something which is critical or provocative or something. Taken in a certain way. So That's a real example of how um, these inhibitions can start growing. Sure. Uh, because suddenly you might start legitimately worrying that somebody's going to pick up the phone and tell you, hey, what are you doing there? D didn't you know that this is a, going to be a platform to uh, criticize the government? Sure. Which also leads me to this question, which is that, is there also a fear that that question, is it worth it, might become uh, the defining question of whether you want to promote a certain thing or a certain art in a certain way. Do you think the, is it worth it is becoming uh, an important question to ask? Yes, uh, and I think uh, people are pragmatic and it is, you know, uh, human beings are uniquely conditioned towards survival. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> and, 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 and so people will take decisions that will ensure their survival for the longest, <laughs> longest period of time, of right? Course, of course. Uh, so so uh, I, I think that is, that is a legitimate uh, uh, fear sure. that is this going to impact my well-being? Yeah. Um, if so... And it's quite literal now, isn't it? It's not just a figurative question. So if, if so, um, thanks but no thanks. Uh, you know, <laughs> let me do something else. For sure. Uh, maybe it's safer for me to promote trade and investment. For sure. But the other side of it is that will you end up promoting a monochromatic yes. uh, vision? Absolutely. Um, and, and what does then that do to India's soft power? Sure. And uh, considering that you're still very much involved in it, uh, what are your views on the future of the artistic space, especially of it expanding beyond geographical boundaries? You know, um, I'm co-chairing a committee with President of FIKI uh, for the Dubai Expo, where right. there's a, a, we're setting up a big India pavilion. Right. And these are questions that we are looking at that, uh, you know, um, given all that we know, sure. um, what is it that we are going to present that um, promotes India in the best light and yet steers clear of controversy? Oh. <laughs> and that is actually, in a nutshell, what a diplomat's job is, <laughs> which is, which is well, currently a retired diplomat. So, <laughs> an well, uh, as they say about art, uh, you can take a diplomat <laughs> out of the service, but can you really take a diplomat out of a diplomat? I, I think it's a lifelong job, isn't it? Um, as a diplomat, I wouldn't have said half the things that I've just said. Yes. <laughs> Which so, 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 so the, uh, that prefix of ex-diplomat <laughs> is quite liberating. It's liberating, isn't it? But when you look back, uh, when you look back, is there always a smile on your face? Ideally, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, why not? Um, you know, uh, despite appearances of what our job is, there are times that it can be very stressful. For sure. Um, you know, you're dealing with um, major issues, governing relations between countries. Sometimes you're dealing with major issues uh, related to the well-being of Indian nationals in that country. Sure. Um, and uh, I think if you get stressed because of the nature of the job, then all you would do is um, communicate that stress to others as well. For sure. So my attitude has really been, yeah, there's stress, you absorb that stress, but at least keep a, a calm exterior. 
Excellent. And uh, uh, you've kept more than a calm exterior and you've been so open and forthright uh, with, uh, 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 with your knowledge for us uh, as part of this podcast. The art of diplomacy is one thing, but uh, promoting arts that you've uh, done consistently uh, has, been, has been a source of uh, encouragement for a whole generation of artists. So thank you very much for that, uh, uh, Mr. Suri. It's been absolutely wonderful having had this conversation with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, and, uh, and of course, uh, I'm sure that in some capacity or the other, you will uh, continue to, um, uh, to do what is critical right now, which is uh, to try and keep the elbows out in an ever-shrinking space. <laughs> So thank you for More that. power to the elbow. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, more power to you as well. So thank you. Uh, Navdeep Suri, ladies and gentlemen. I hope uh, you got a few points out of it because um, the said is important, but uh, uh, getting, uh, uh, getting the meaning of the unsaid even more so. So please listen carefully because in these times, I think it's critical to listen. And thank you for listening to the Teamwork Arts podcast.